Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. We are live from the Howard Stern Tower, 267 floors above Gotham. Myself and the mighty Thea Harper, our producer, and for the next three hours, we are so glad to be with you. The number is 866-997-4748. That's 866-997-GRIT. I hope you had a good weekend. I want to thank uh, the great Max Burns for filling in last week while I was out on the West Coast doing some work here. And, oh, and who else? Oh, Nair Hawked as well. The, the, the great Max Burns and the, the even greater, the iconic Nair Hawk for classing up the show. Thank you all for writing to me and telling me how great they were. It does a lot for my self-esteem to know that my replacements are so beloved. We are really thrilled to be back here, though. And for the next three hours, we're going to be coming at you with some great guests. Uh, someone who did the TV show but has never done the radio show is joining us tonight. And that is uh, a legend in the field of activism. Uh, specifically in the field of uh, Christians Against the Death Penalty, a woman who was portrayed by Susan Sarandon to winning an Oscar in the film Dead Man Walking. Sister Helen Prejean will be here to talk about the imminent state-sanctioned murder of Ivan Cantu in Texas this week. If you haven't heard of the case, you'll want to hear about it. It is a case that, well, you, you won't believe that Texas is going through with this state-sponsored, taxpayer-funded very tastefully legal murder this week. We're really thrilled that Sister Helen is joining us. Also, comedian Rhonda Hanson will be with us. Jonathan Metzel, author of Dying of Whiteness. Deborah Plant, author of Of Greed and Glory. I was just away for a few days and missed a lot of fun times, guys. Missed a lot of really good times when I was off on the West Coast. I don't know how much you've heard, but uh, it, it's been pretty crazy. Wayne LaPierre, of the NRA was found liable for $5 million by my future wife, Tish James. Sorry, Wayne. Thoughts and prayers. Wayne LaPierre was actually late uh, because of traffic getting to the courthouse. But, you know, more cars would have solved that. Judge Kaplan has refused to let Donald Trump stay his $83 million judgment in the E. Jean Carroll sexual abuse and defamation case. The Wisconsin Ethics Commission has referred the Trump campaign committee for criminal investigation. The star witness... Mr. Spiernoff from the Biden impeachment scam of the GOP was indicted for making up the GOP's entire smoking gun document. Judge Engeron won't let Trump stay his $354 million payment in the New York Attorney General civil fraud trial. What else? What else? Oh, tr Donald Trump's criminal trial for election interference through the hush money payments. That's going to begin March 25th. 
The motions to dismiss were denied. See what happens when I go away for a couple of days. I miss the Sandy Hook families liquidating Alex Jones's assets. And, and, and one of my favorite clips, maybe you saw this one. This was Patriot Takes on Twitter. They, they were pointing out how Donald Trump, they had video of Donald Trump at Mar-a-Lago, his retirement home with Melania and some guests, and he had his iPad out during dinner. And I guess they were trying to, to make fun of him for having his iPad out while he was with everybody at his dinner table. I, listen, I'm going to defend Trump on this. I'm sorry, but have you ever been a parent? Millions of adults have been able to go out and enjoy time in restaurants because we let our toddler play with an iPad. I mean, Melania probably got to have a good meal because her toddler had something shiny to look at. This weekend also was the beginning of CPAC, something I went to the first year I was working for SiriusXM. Kind of figured I'd seen enough. It, we'll get to CPAC in a second, but this was the two-year anniversary of Vladimir Putin's bloody, bloody, illegal invasion of Ukraine. It's been two years of incredible resistance by the Ukrainian people with the help of lots of money and weapons assistance from Europe and, of course, America. The latest aid package was passed by the Senate a couple of weeks ago. It's still sitting there in the House. It would easily pass, but for some reason, Speaker Mike Johnson won't allow it to come to a vote. And two years ago, CPAC was going down and it was right after Putin first launched his invasion and all the right-wing speakers were talking about the bravery of the Ukrainian people and the importance of their resistance for freedom and democracy. Not this year. This year's CPAC, well, you already know it's run by Matt Schlapp and his wife Mercedes Schlapp and we've learned a lot about Matt. Here's a little poem I wrote. Uh, Matt Schlapp could grope some chap. His wife found gays obscene and so betwixt them both they grifted CPAC clean. I couldn't have gone to CPAC this year if I'd wanted to because they were not allowing non-right-wing people to come as press guests. Maybe because of some of the clips you're about to hear right now. First, the whole thing began with one of Donald Trump's favorite winged monkeys, Jack Probosiak. I'm sorry if I'm saying his name wrong. I make it a point to never learn how to properly pronounce it. But, but give a listen. This is the beginning of CPAC. And I'll be honest. I thought these liberals were freaking out over this guy making a joke. When this clip begins, it sounds like he's just having some fun with the room. Until he gets to the end and you realize, whoa, this guy is saying the quiet part out loud. I just wanted to say, welcome to the end of democracy. <laughs> we're here to overthrow it completely. We didn't get all the way there on January 6th, but we will, we, we will endeavor to, forget, to get rid of it and replace it with, with this right here. We'll replace it with this right, all right. here. Amen. That's right, because all glory, all glory is not to government, all glory to God. Like, like you're like, oh, you, you, you fascists really mean it. And of course they do because their God is a bloated racist reality TV landlord from Queens. Now, Donald Trump's headlining speech uh, at CPAC was all about the greatest hits. It was like going to the Ottawa State Fair from Israel and defending the terrorists of January 6th and using dehumanizing language to attack migrants. He said they're killing our country, killing our people, and we have no choice but to engage in the largest deportation in the history of the country. He really wants to, to round up all the migrants he can find, I hope on train cars, just to keep it historically consistent. And he wants to put them all in uh, camps, camps where people are concentrated. They, they want to concentrate these people in camps. I, I, I wish I could think of a word for this, but, but something along those lines. Here is Donald Trump talking to all the good Christians, reminding them that Christianity is all about revenge. And Donald Trump says victory will be his revenge. 
Your victory will be our ultimate vindication. Your liberty will be our ultimate reward. And the unprecedented success of the United States of America will be my ultimate and absolute revenge. That's what I want. Success will be our revenge. There you go. That's how you know they're Christian. If you've ever read the Bible, I can tell you Jesus is all about one thing. Fuck up the other guy. You know, do it back to him twice as bad. I'm paraphrasing uh, from the Gospel of Matthew, but it's something along those lines. I want to I had all these things written about all the offensive, ridiculous, batshit, certifiable things Donald Trump said, and it would have taken me 45 minutes to do the monologue. Fortunately, the folks over there down the block at the Lincoln Project, they put this together. This is this. Thea, you got this ready? I, I, I give him credit on this one. This is about 100 seconds of Donald Trump's highlights from just this past weekend's speeches. Hi, what's up? They're destroying our country and we're going to... I just wish we could do it quicker. I'd much rather see Biden as president. And I agree with him. I can't see too many people out there. I can only see the black ones. I can't see any white ones. Sidney Poitier, I thought he was very handsome, right? I'm being indicted for you the black population. Lawyers are my best friend. You see black people walking around with my mugshot. You know that mugshot is number one. Elvis Presley is Elvis Presley's number two. I'm a very proud Christian, actually. We're going to protect pro-God context and content. Zion, Zionening, Dodong, Dadang. The voices of famed evangelical people and evangelists. <laughs> he rambled. He's cognitively impaired three years lady 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 how about that i talked to putin a lot i'm not sure he looked great in a bathing suit i think women like me in beverly hills you pay a fortune in taxes they say you can only brush your teeth once a day i don't think it could ever be wokenized going to end the so-called department of education we might have one desk one person just to make sure everyone's speaking english they have languages that nobody in this country has ever heard of nobody can ramble like this god is here and god is watching and god probably can't believe what he's seeing they rigged the presidential election and we're not going to allow them to rig the presidential election of 2024 Never get tired of that guy. Uh, The president mentioned in his speech the 2020 elections. Newsmax, as a network, believes the results were legal and final. Greta's coming up next. Stick around. Yeah, my favorite part of all of that, the weekend when he was talking about how uh, black people like him now because he's been indicted. Yeah. Um, That might have been the ugliest thing he said all weekend. And it might have been the most racist thing he said all weekend. And it's so transparent that he thought it was cool. He doesn't say these things to appeal to black people. You got to understand, when he starts talking about how popular he is with black voters, he doesn't say that to appeal to black voters. He's saying that to the white people in his base. So they'll think they have the black Americans on their side. I've I've never met an African-American who was indicted four times on 91 criminal counts and was still allowed to, you know, walk around outside and be free. But well for you, man. Donald Trump's big move this weekend was to destroy Nikki Haley in the Republican presidential primary over there in her home state of South Carolina. It's also our producer Chris's Powell's home state, too. And Trump spent weeks saying it was going to be a 30 point win. He won by 20. About 40 percent of Republican voters in South Carolina, deep red South Carolina, where they still call the Civil War the War of Northern Aggression. Forty percent of his party voted against him. 
Joe Biden won South Carolina's Democratic primary with 96.2% of the vote. And he was mostly running unopposed. I mean, you didn't have to turn out to vote for Joe Biden because he was he, he was it. There was nothing else. But people still turned out to vote for him over no one. Donald Trump, who's basically the incumbent Republican running for a second term, he couldn't get even 60 percent of his own party's vote. The leaders of the GOP should be nervous, but they're too nervous about Donald Trump saying something mean about them. So they're going to ignore this. They're going to throw the fight. Donald Trump is trying to raise money. Donald Trump is facing 91 criminal counts in multiple jurisdictions. He's drowning in debt, drowning in legal debt. He's not campaigning that much. And let's just say his charisma and communication skills ain't what they were a while ago. He's winning primaries, but he's 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 really underperforming. Now, again, we all knew he was going to defeat Nikki Haley. We all knew she was going to get beat bad in her home state. AP said he was the winner just a few seconds after the polls closed at 7 p.m. But here's the deal. It's bad for Nikki Haley, sure. No one cares. South Carolina's Republican voters, 60%, almost 60% went for Trump. But these people don't, and, and I know lots of wonderful people in South Carolina, had lots of great times there. But let's just say South Carolina's Republican voters don't look like the rest of this country. They are hard right. They are white, male, older, evangelical, and they like Donald Trump's lies about the election. That's who Donald Trump won with. Almost 60%. His support is strongest amongst the MAGA base, but pollsters say that MAGA is no more than 33% of the electorate. And that's if all of them show up. In other words, and this is what you got to think about when the media talks about Biden's age, you got to think about the fact that Donald Trump is going to need a lot more than MAGA to win the White House a second time. Nikki Haley did really well among moderates and independents and, and people who can spell foreign policy. This is all happening right when Politico had a really interesting article. It's fun saying that phrase, but they, they had this examination of how Trump's return to the White House would have a whole new policy agenda, banning abortions in red states and blue states destroying climate science, having more trade wars, culture wars in the classroom. They're going to try to kill the electric car because <laughs> they're so pro-business. They're going to destroy the federal election hacking watchdog. Who knows? Shoot missiles into Mexico, deploy U.S. troops against other Americans. They're going to abandon NATO. But here's the deal. To win the presidency a second time, Donald Trump needs all the Republicans and the majority of independents. Again, Gallup estimates that 41% of people who show up to vote identify as Republican. But not all of that's MAGA. He's got to convince a lot of independents and Democrats to vote for him. That's after he threatens to pull out of NATO. That's after he's saying a 16-week national abortion ban. I mean, maybe supporting Putin's invasion will help him beyond his base? <laughs> maybe talking about absolute revenge against its opponents will help him with his base? Maybe still lying and saying that he won the election after 80 judges laughed him out of court after his secretary of homeland security told him he had lost after his attorney general said there was no fraud after his daughter said there was no fraud and he promised he'd act like a dictator on day one of his second term that's where he's boxed himself into now and i don't think he's capable of an etch-a-sketch moment Axios wrote, if America were dominated by old, white, election-denying Christians who didn't go to college, 
former President Trump would win the general election in as big of a landslide as his sweep of the first four GOP contests. But, but here's the other thing you got to remember. Joe Biden won the Democratic primary. And again, no one was running against him. People just showed up to vote for him. 96.2%. Can you imagine if President Biden only won 60% of the South Carolina primary this weekend? Then people would be freaking out. The media would be talking about his age more than they are now. And I don't know how they, they'd have to add more hours to the day to talk about his age more. Republicans should be very wary about this, especially since it looks like Donald Trump, now that he's got Ronna McDaniel out of the RNC and he's trying to plug in his Tom Petty ghoul stealing daughter-in-law, Lara, to run the RNC, essentially to loot it for his legal fees. According to AP VoteCast, a bit over one in five GOP primary voters said they would not vote for Trump in November if he was his party's nominee. That's before he gets more convictions. The exit polls from the South Carolina Republican primary this weekend, all we heard was how Donald Trump destroyed Nikki Haley. 35% said he wouldn't be fit for office if convicted of a crime. 35% of Republicans. About a quarter of his own voters think he's too extreme to win this year. About 40% of Nikki Haley supporters said their vote was motivated by opposition to Trump. More or less, he's got to win the majority of Americans. He's right now barely winning the majority of Republicans. Michigan primaries come on Tuesday. Democratic presidential campaign is off till Super Tuesday on March 5th. Republicans are going to vote in Idaho and Missouri on March 2nd, D.C. on March 3rd, North Dakota on March 4th. These numbers will be the same. Nikki Haley will stay in even without Koch Brothers money. And Donald Trump will win about 60% of those who show up. It's not enough to win a general. And we are so divided. We know this election is going to be close no matter what. But guys, tell me if I'm wrong here. I can't find any area where Donald Trump is a stronger candidate today than he was in 2020. I mean, he's, he's running as the incumbent president of the Republican Party. And he lost 40% of the vote in the reddest of all the red states. That's the story. Joe Biden got 96% of the vote in South Carolina. Trump got 59% of the vote. The media is ignoring Biden's strength because the media needs a horse race. The media is not liberal, but they're terrified of being called liberal. Trump was rejected by 40% of his own party in South Carolina. Biden got 96%. The Republican Party is really divided, guys. Democrats, they're really united. Here is Gavin Newsom appearing on Meet the Press with Kristen Welker, who I think was hired to make David Gregory and Chuck Todd look like great journalists. But uh, she tries the Biden bullshit age thing. And give a listen to how the governor of California responds. Some pretty stark numbers that you're facing. 76% of voters say they have real concerns about President Biden's ability to serve a second term. Do you think it's responsible for Democrats to put him at the top of the ticket given those concerns? Responsible? I revere his record. I, I mean, this, what he's done in three years has been a masterclass, close to 15 million jobs. That's eight times more than the last three Republican presidents combined. The economy is booming. Inflation is cooling. It's 0.6% more than it was in the summer of 2020 at just 3.1%. Wait a second. We have American manufacturing coming back home all because of Biden's wisdom, because of his temperance, 
his yeah. capacity to lead in a bipartisan manner, which is an underrepresented point. Mm -hmm. And so I have great confidence moving forward. So the answer is absolutely all in in terms of the next four years, the, Joe Biden. These voters, though, are not complaining about his record. They're talking about concerns about his ability to beat Trump, who you've called a, a lightning, a I'm threat, essentially, to the democracy. But in, in private, we've heard a lot of, well, we've heard a lot of his allies say publicly in private, he is strong, he's in command, yeah. he's forceful. Does he need to do more to show? I think he's that? doing everything he needs to do. I mean, he's got an extraordinary record. He's doing everything he needs to do on Ukraine at the moment. He's doing everything he needs to do. There you go. Um, we want to know what you guys think. But in the meantime, just remember, don't let yourself be gaslit. Don't let yourself panic. Donald Trump is spending a lot more money than he's raising right now. 25% of his own party are already saying they won't vote for him under any circumstances. As things stand now, polling numbers don't matter. Trump can't win. A general election. We want to know what you guys think. We're at 866-997-4748. We will be back in just a moment with your calls and our very special guest, Sister Helen Prejean, live from Texas. This is Sirius XM. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm John saying You may not have heard of Ivan Kantu's story. It's, it's very complicated. He was convicted of killing his cousin and his cousin's fiance in November of 2000 as a result of a drug dispute. Now, he's, he's always denied it. There was no physical evidence proving he was at the crime scene. There were no shoe prints or fingerprints. There's no DNA there. He was hundreds of miles away at his fiance's parents' house in Arkansas, when the bodies of his cousin and fiance were discovered in their Dallas home filled with bullets. During his trial, Mr. Cantu's lawyer didn't call any witnesses for the defense. And before the jury considered their verdict, he, he pretty much told them his client did it. He said, I didn't say he was innocent. I said he's not guilty of capital murder. Apparently, he hoped that kind of legal distinction might save Mr. Cantu from death row. It didn't. And one of the key witnesses admitted he lied in his testimony in the trial. In spite of all of this, Texas plans to murder him legally this week. Now, you probably know of the life and work of Sister Helen Prejean. 
She's been a hero to me for the majority of my life, and she's known around the world for her tireless work against state-sanctioned murder. She's been instrumental in sparking national dialogue over state-sanctioned murder. She has helped shape the Catholic Church's opposition to all executions. Her first book, Dead Man Walking, an eyewitness account of the death penalty in the United States, hit the shelves when national support for the death penalty was over 80%. And that book ignited a national debate over state-sanctioned murder, and of course, it inspired the Academy Award-winning movie where Susan Sarandon won an Oscar playing Sister Helen Prejean. I give her direct credit after meeting with Pope Francis in 2018 for Francis announcing new language in the Catechism of the Vatican, declaring the death penalty is inadmissible because it is an attack on the dignity of the person with no exceptions. It is a great honor to welcome Sister Helen Prejean to SiriusXM. Sister, are you with us? Good evening. I am. Hey, John, that was a great introduction. Great summary. You did your homework. Oh, well, thank you. The last time I saw you, last time I saw you, we were at, uh, we we were with Joan Baez at Mike Farrell's Death Penalty Focus of Southern California uh, uh, Awards when I hosted it. Come on. Yeah. Before the pandemic, sister. Um, Oh, wow. It's so great of you to join us. We're in the Whitewater Rapids now. It's Ivan. Yeah. To be killed Wednesday at six and. The reason I got involved was he wrote to me and he asked me if I'd be with him when Texas kills him, would I hold his hand, would I pray with him? So I said yes to that. But when I say yes to that, I'm not saying yes to just acquiescing in this death and just praying him into eternity. I knew from then, for the moment I said, yes, I have to do everything to resist this death, get the truth out about it. And it is atrocious. What has happened to Ivan? So I don't know if you just saw this today, but Jeff Calhoun, who was the foreperson of the jury, yeah. just wrote an op-ed. Did you see it? Did I heard about it. it? In, yeah. In Austin, yeah. He just said, I was a juror in Ivan Cantu's trial, and I was fooled because they're supposed to be the fact finders, and they didn't get the truth. The key witnesses lied. Yeah. All this kind of stuff is coming out. and then. Ivan Cantu, like so many others, gets caught in a catch-22 with the appeals court. Yes. Who say, you're abusing the writ by getting in all this new evidence too late, and they just bat it down and don't hear it. So all the new evidence they've been getting about lying witnesses, about prosecution suppressing evidence, they refuse to hear it. So now we're up against it with Governor Abbott. And let me tell you, we got a strategy here working with move on there's a number that people can text uh 668-366 and i'll say it again Mm -hmm. as we do this program 66 you text this number 668-366 and then in the message box you just write save and that's flooding in to governor abbott's office right now even as we speak yeah you got kim kardashian to text that number out and it really made a difference yeah no she's good she's really committed (laughs) yeah Yeah. she is no no we got good reason you know allies like yourself well thank you and and you you got the best ally in the world which is uh uh, jesus christ who a lot of christians allege to follow who was sister i have to begin on this note jesus was unambiguously against killing Sinners. He overturns eye for an eye in Sermon on the Mount. He said, you've heard it said an eye for an eye. How many people quote eye for an eye? Do you know, John, I have been with audiences 
because I've been traveling all over this country. And it's all about waking people up. Yep. I don't know if you've noticed. That. Oh, Most yes. Most people don't reflect much on the death penalty, right? Yeah. But if you can get, bring them close, you can tell them, bring them over to both sides. They get it. And I've had audiences before. I said, come on, give me your favorite biblical quote to support capital punishment. Now go an eye for an eye. And I'll say to them, well, what about Jesus's words? You've heard it said an eye for an eye. But I say to you, don't even let the sin set on your anger. Mm. I mean, his way was love. And people go, oh, God is love. God is love. Yet, yet they sanctioned capital murder at the hands of the state, which mm-hmm. is taken on the power of God over life. Amen. Jesus stopped an execution and said only sinners may execute. I mean, he, he never mentioned abortion, but he was very specific about this, sister. And it, it has meant so much to me. As someone who was raised Catholic, as someone whose mother was a nun for 16 years to watch Uh, your ministry. Good grounding for you, my boy. Exactly right. So so I want to ask you about your role as Ivan Cantu's spiritual advisor. I I, I find this fascinating and it must be a, a very humbling and unique honor for you every time someone asks you to share the experience with them. What what does it mean to you and, and how do you how do you fulfill that role, sister? Yeah, well, first of all, you have to just recognize, you know, there's a psalm, oh, oh God, my heart is not proud, and how humble it is to be with people in this moment. And Ivan Cantu has great faith. I have spent the last four days, five days with his mother, who also has great faith. And what does faith mean in a situation like this? We know that ultimately, when we die, it is God who calls us, whatever the situation it may be, if it's cancer or whatever it is. But we also know that God is a God of life. Mm. So I know that taking of the on with Ivan means I knew that I had to get the truth out. What was my servant role with this man? So immediately what I do is I call on the people I know. Susan Sarandon, Kim Kardashian, move on. And then Susan connected us with moveon.org. And we have worked night and day to get the truth out because that wasn't told at trial. See, people have a very naive view of the criminal justice system. They say, well, prosecution will present and defense will present. What they don't know is all it's only poor people or people who can't afford a, a crackerjack of an attorney who mm-hmm. gets selected for the death penalty, like Ivan, who got that terrible defense. I mean, I'm glad you pointed that out. What that person did, did no investigation, put up no witnesses. The state had put up 35. In fact, Ivan Cantu in a in an uh, interview just recently said, if I had been on that jury, I'd have voted for, for death for me too, because yeah. all the jury ever heard was, Sure looks like he's guilty. That's and they right. didn't bring out about the lies that were told or the prosecution's role in suppressing evidence. And one of the key detectives, key detectives that hid some of the evidence that would have pointed to, to Ivan's um, to Ivan's not being guilty of it. And it only took one juror not to vote for guilt. One juror not to vote for death. Yeah. Look at that. I mean, the Constitution's bent for life. It makes it hard to get a death penalty. You need a unanimous. Yeah. But it was just so ridden with lies and falsehoods, and he didn't have a chance. Now he's in the hands 
of the governor of Texas. And we are doing all we can with texting this number out and getting people to flood the governor. Yeah. So we have good press that's come out uh, and uh, it's all around. And so now this direct barrage into the governor's office, please take heed to this. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if you've ever reflected much on the governor's role. Mm-hmm. Very much. You know, it's the last vestige of the divine right of kings. You know, it's a safety valve. Suppose they have a court system that works. And what it doesn't, when there's a question of the integrity of the conviction, the governor can step in. All we're asking of Governor Abbott, just give a reprieve for 30 days. No court has heard any of the new evidence. That's right. I mean, that's that's what the jury foreman, Jeff Calhoun, asked him to do. And and Mr. Calhoun, by the way, is a conservative. Uh, and, and yeah, and his, he's for the death penalty, he said. Yeah, yeah. But he, he did say, as you mentioned, we jurors did not hear the truth. You assume you would hear from a person under oath. I feel like I was fooled. This trial had some fabrication. And in my opinion, the course of investigative action is incomplete. Now, sister, I, I realize this is Greg Abbott, who thinks Jesus's command to welcome the stranger means put razor wire in the Rio Grande River. But why is this not enough to stay Ivan Cantu's execution, at least for 30 days? There's evidence the jury wasn't allowed to hear, and they know there were lies, and a witness has already recanted his testimony. Yeah. You know what happens, Don? And it happens with DAs, too. Look at Greg Willis sticking his heels in now, saying, oh, no, it was a fair trial. And then what they throw in, we've had 20 years of appeals. Come on. Signed, sealed, and delivered, right? Yeah. But look, when you walk out of that courtroom and you've been found guilty and sentenced to death, it, it is so hard to get into the appeals court. And then you got to have a really sharp lawyer yeah. that knows how to fine-tune the arguments in order to meet their restrictions of how you have to frame the arguments. Yeah. It just It's like these treadles come up behind you, like in a parking lot, and you can't go back. Once you get out, and so it's a hard, hard, hard fight, and it takes the people, and that's you, and that's me, getting to the people. When there's enough outcry from the people, Amen. we can prevail, and that's what we got to do. So every citizen listening to thing, to this, do not think justice automatically works in this country. It only works if we fight for it. Thank you. And uh so, boy, we got that number going. See, if people keep texting that number, 668-366, and then he put in a message, save, that's pouring into Greg Abbott's. We just did Jake Tapper on CNN, mm-hmm. and I was saying the number, and he repeated it to the people. That's great. And we got off the show, and already 8,000 people had started getting to Greg Abbott. Just give the man a reprieve for 30 days. Delay the execution just to allow an evidentiary to look into the new evidence to see about the integrity of this conviction. It is riddled with questions. Amen. You know, Sister, you've said before that executions were a contrived artificial event. Can you unpack that for us? How so? Yeah, and it's a secret. It's in my secret. There have been two court cases to try to make executions public. I learned this, John, with the very first man I was with who was executed in Louisiana. He was electrocuted to death right after mm-hmm. midnight. And uh, it was the first time, man. I mean, you know, when Tim Robbins 
was writing the screenplay of Dead Man Walking. He kept saying, the nun is in over her head. The nun is in over her head. I was. I didn't know anything about the criminal justices. But I'm finding out that a lot of American people don't know about how this thing works. Is yeah. the theory of it. But then you find out how it works. And when you get involved with an execution, it is a semi-secret process. And there is a saying in Latin America. What the eye does not see, the heart cannot feel. Oh, yeah, look, this, these people do these terrible crimes. Yeah, they paid for it. It was justice. They were executed. And they're nowhere near to see what it means to take a live human being who's been in a cell for maybe 20 years and then strap them down, render them completely defenseless, and kill them. Mm. In Dead Man Walking, I told everybody's story. I told the story of the victims and their suffering. I told the story of the men who did the crime. I told of their killing. And I also told the story of the guards mm. that had to be the ones to kill their fellow mm-hmm. human beings. Mm-hmm. I mean, and most people don't think of that. And they don't see that. That's right. One but of the- those of us who've been witnesses, have you ever been witnesses? No, directly? no, I haven't. But I know you get the word out. It's, it's doing yeah. something really important. Uh, it's been an important issue to me since I was a since I was a kid reading the Bible and, and figured it out. But you mentioned the, no the prison guards. I mean, one of the saddest statistics that we've learned on the topic is that more than a quarter of prison guards suffer from PTSD. That's it's only three percent so. of the general population. Twenty five percent of prison guards. Sister, this alone should tell us something about how broken the system is. No, really. No, but when you participate in the killing, even the Geneva Conventions, when you have prisoners of war, one thing you're forbidden to do is to tie their hands behind their backs, put them up against the wall and shoot them. Yeah. What are we doing? And John, where else in the criminal justice system do we ever let the behavior of the criminal determine the nature of the punishment? We imitate them. Mm. You kill, so we're going to kill you. That's it. We kill people and then who add to that. Mm-hmm. We kill people. We kill people who, who kill people to show that killing people is wrong. Right. Anybody want to reflect on that? See a little thing that maybe needs reflection. And you know what? And with a add to it, John. And we're going to honor the victims' families. We're going to heal them. But let them. The average wait from a death sentence to execution is seventeen years. So we're going to let these victims' families wait seventeen years. And then we're going to give them a front row seat. Now, you get to watch as we kill the one who kill your loved one. You watch this violence, yeah. and that's going to heal you as if. That is so morally bankrupt. Amen. And, Sister, I want to point so out, unfair. I want to point yeah, out that, that, that you, um, like Jesus, oppose the death penalty for demonstrably, provably guilty people as well. Because that's that's the religion. That's yeah. I mean, in this case, garners a lot of notice because this man, there's really flaws in the trial. But I'd like to ask you about your experience there. I've never been in the chamber before. Um, And and Mm, when you're there as someone's spiritual support and witness as they leave this life, you're not allowed to hug them or touch them, are you? What, what, is, what is the experience well, like physically? Well, we die, and I'm going to be allowed, because, you know, there was a case recently where spiritual advisors would be allowed in the execution chamber. I don't know if you followed this in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a case, and the spiritual advisors, I mean, they pressed the government. And so now spiritual advisors in Texas 
So Ivan, that's Ivan's request to me. Will you be with me? Will you hold my hand? Will you make sure a rosary from the Vatican is around my neck? But will you hold my hand and pray with me as the state of Texas kills me? I've never been with anybody holding their hand as they're being killed. I've never been through this before. So one thing I know, we have a spiritual mantra in our community. I'm a sister of St. Joseph, uh, and it is never leap ahead of grace. So I'm not living that. I'm not anticipating that now. But I'll be I know I'll be with him. And and all I know is that I've been with six other people who've been executed. And you're in it at the moment and you're totally there for them. Because they get yeah. all these signals that they are disposable human waste. They are not the human being. They are monster and we are killing it. And you stand there so they can see your face. And just say, you are a human being, you are a son of God, you are worth more than all the, whatever terrible thing you have done. And that you stand for that for them. And that's your role. It's not about you. It's about them. And it's about upholding their dignity in that yes. moment when the state is doing the biggest indignity that you can imagine. And that has been the heart of our dialogue with the, with the Catholic Church. I mean, you have Catholics who say they're pro-life, pro-life, pro-life. What they really mean is we're for the innocent life of certain, well, the unborn or this innocent one. But you draw a line in the sand when somebody's done a crime, we draw a line, oh, yeah, they deserve what they get. So it took 1,500 years of dialogue for the Catholic Church to finally recognize and uphold you can never entrust over to government the right to take life. And that, what paved the way for that <clears throat> was a universal declaration of human rights in mm-hmm. 1948 after World War II and the Holocaust. Article 3, every person, simply by being a person, has an inalienable right to life. So governments don't give the right to life for good behavior, and they can't take life away for bad behavior. So it took 1,500 years of dialogue, but the Catholic Church caught up, got it. And then in 2018, Pope Francis changed the Catholic Catechism. So now we know, in principle, no loopholes, no matter how grave or grievous the crime, you can never let governments decide, oh, we're going to decide this one is the worst of the worst. You can't leave that up to human agency. Amen. I mean, people who don't like big government, but they think it should have the right to kill people. It's it's just madness. I mean, really. You can barely get the potholes filled and you're going to give them human agency <laughs> to decide that, decide that certain citizens need to die. That's and it. we're going to set up the system to do it. And look what happened to Ivan and so many others. 196. Yeah. We now have 196 human beings. They made a mistake, and they were on death row for years. That's right. That's right. Ninety percent of the reason for that is prosecutorial misconduct. Prosecutors get into winning, political winning, political points, and they put on blinders, which is just what they did with Ivan Cantor. Now it's really surfaced who the possible murderer was, Mm -hmm. who would have a motive to want to kill James Mosqueda because James owed him $250,000. And he was mad, and he was going after him. But did the prosecution ever investigate? Did the police? No, none of them. 
And then Ivan had such a miserable defense. He didn't investigate. He didn't investigate at all. Not at all. Once again, that number, you can text the word SAVE to 668-366. You could go to my Twitter or Sister Helen's to get that number as well. 668-366. Sister Helen Prejean, it is always an honor to speak with you. And I just want to thank you personally for your service, for your ministry, and for your inspiration. And God bless the work you're doing. And may Ivan Kantu get some good news this week. It would be yeah, good news good, for all of good, us. Good, John. Good work you're doing. Keep getting uh, the word you. out, man. Thank you so much, sister. Have a great okay, evening. Get some you. sleep down there in Texas. There, are you, I know you're working I'm hard. I'm doing it. All right. Thank you so yeah. much. Okay, thank you. Thank all you. Right. We're going to take a very quick break. We'll be right back with your calls at 866-997-4748. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are at 866-997-4748. We're going to be joined in a few minutes by the great Rhonda Handsome. Let's go back to the phones, shall we? 866-997-GRIT. Brian from Oregon, thanks for waiting on hold so long. You're on progress. Hi, John. Hi. Great great uh, interview with uh, sister. I can't never get her name right. Helen Prejean. Yeah, she's just amazing. She's what the real deal, yeah. Saint. She's something. Yeah. Um, I hadn't even heard of that case Uh yeah, it's not getting a lot of coverage. It's it's starting. It's starting. Ironically, like I'm I'm going to have to retweet Kim Kardashian for the first time in my life, and I'm proud to do it. Proud to do it because Kim Kardashian, say what you want, man, she's been great on this, and she's been great on death penalty cases. And uh, her tweeting out that number led to thousands and thousands of people knowing about it. So much respect. Oh, super fantastic. Yeah. Um, oh, great. And I was going to say uh, I didn't. Thea didn't take my, you know, intake my call. Oh. Uh, but I was going to thank her for her Sam Anderson interview of the Black Panther guy. That oh, was amazing. right. You hear this, Thea? Are you listening? Because I can't hear her on the whole, on my in the landline either. Okay. Well. But, um, well, I'm not answering. Anyway, it doesn't but really. Okay. But my thought was. If she can do it, it would be a great dovetail by getting Bobby Seale uh, interview. Oh. Oh. Okay, get on that, Thea. Can Can you get Bobby Bobby. Seale? I uh, I sound like the guy from Indiana, but anyways. Yeah. um, My uh, thought was the whole uh, CPAP convention is just insane. It's crazy. Oh, It's crazy. And I was just talking to my... uh, I mean, I'm sorry. It was crazy when I went there. I I went there the first year we were here uh, doing Sirius XM in 2015, and it was like Sarah Palin and Chris Christie and Rick Perry, and I just thought, these people are lunatics. Now? Now? It's like the people who were too crazy to be allowed in back then have chased all those old lunatics out. Like, Sarah Palin is too straight for these people. How'd they even get their straitjackets off these people? You know. um, 
It's like the comment section came to life and turned into people. Just insane. Nazis walking around. Uh, my, uh, I was just talking to my brother a little bit, and he said uh, he was 1,500 people was all there was, and it was just obscene how much media was covering this goddamn thing. Yeah, well, because and, it's a freak show, and the media loves a villain. But after Matt Schlapp groping oh. the dick of a male volunteer for the Herschel Walker campaign, and then more yeah. guys come out with stories like this, I mean, they're still going to charge these roops to come down. It's not a big surprise why a lot of Republican players don't want to be associated with the event anymore. And it couldn't happen to a nicer hypocrite. Exactly. Um, I got no problem. I got no problem with closeted gay men. No problem with closeted gay men. No problem with straight guys who identify as straight and hook up with other guys. No problem. But when you embrace homophobia, dude, you're going to get outed hard. John, I was realizing, too, that it's um, it's the whole thing is it's not it's not just Trump. It's the whole fucking Republicans because they're, you know, with the whole uh, um, um. uh, the guy that's been arrested, uh, what's it, Smirnoff? Yeah. And uh, all that, all these people knowing, I think they know knew about all this because they were told by the FBI about this asshole. Yeah. Uh, Chuck Grassley and uh, uh, Comer and Jordan and all these people. I mean, <laughs> I think it's, we got to a whole... And by the by the way, I mean, like, Republicans are coming out and saying they knew, which is really interesting. You know, Ken yeah. Buck... Ken Buck is not holding back. He said James Comer and Jim Jordan were both warned that these claims against Biden weren't credible. But in his words, they went out and talked to the public about how this was credible and how it was damning. I mean, their own colleague is calling him out by telling the truth. Yeah, they're Putin assets. I mean, basically, that's their and they can't claim ignorance. Oh, sure they can. That'll be their last line of defense. Of course they can, but <laughs> it depends who, who listens to them. Yeah. But uh, anyways, and also the whole, you know, the 2025 thing is for not just Trump, but the, whoever the next Republican president is. Oh, I know. Believe me, I keep saying this. As bad as Trump is, you've got to remember, just like George W. Bush, Trump is the hood ornament on the car that smashes into the peaceful marketplace that is democracy. Trump is just the hood ornament, just like Bush was as well. These guys are just a symptom of a much greater problem that has existed in this country for a very long time. And just a footnote, I pointed out to uh, Max on Friday, it finally dawned on me after I was kind of stunned, staggered, and stupefied on Wednesday about the whole IVF in uh, Alabama stuff. But they were also then the state like last month killed the guy. Yeah, in death row. And they're going to do it again with the nitrogen gas. They're going to they're going to murder yeah. a second human with nitrogen gas. It was a botched execution last time. It was torture. The guy writhed and screamed on a table for twenty two minutes. And they thought, hey, let's have some more of that because we're such good Christians. Let's murder right. someone on the taxpayer dime and pat ourselves on the back about how moral we are. It's just sadistic bastards. It's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, God, anyways, God. And by the way, I'm a sadistic bastard. I'm offended by the comparison. But thank you, Brian, for the call. Jerio to you, 866-997-4748, people of Earth. Whether you're ready for it or not, it is now my esteemed privilege to bring on the iconic Miss Rhonda Handsome, stand-up comedian, writer, director, actor. This woman is open for Anita Baker. She's open for Diana Ross. She's open for Aretha Franklin. She does great solo shows and her play that she's directed. Dust of Egypt at the Sheen Center here in New York. It's going to be running from March 14th through the 17th. It's about Sojourner's Truth for her son who was sold into slavery. Tickets and information at the Sheen, Sheen, S-H-E-E-N, center.org. Again, the play is Dust of Egypt. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome 
Tall, Dark, and Handsome Mondays with Rhonda Handsome. I'm black, y'all. Thank God, Queen. I missed you last week. How are you? I missed you, too. I am fantastic, John. I mean, to be living at the fall of an empire, I mean, what could be more exciting? Uh, which than- Can you narrow it down to which empire we're talking about? Because Russia's not doing so hot right now, either. Uh, the whole thing, the whole thing is going to collapse in a minute. But I feel great. I, 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 as far as being an artist, I am so fulfilled. Um, as you and some of the people in your audience might know, I've been working on Dust of Egypt for quite some time now. Yeah. And uh, it, it has just been getting such a fantastic uh, response. And now we are doing a production at the fabulous, I mean, the, the Sheen Center is just a wonderful, wonderful venue uh, on the Lower East Side on Bleecker Street. And, uh, and we have a chance to expand it and um and and enjoy being in in a really big big theater. So uh, I I feel so happy. I feel so and plus I'm so happy to be back with you. Uh, how are you? How are you? I'm okay. I was I was uh, in L.A. for a couple of weeks. I was there for a week by myself doing some work, and then my wife and son came out for uh, for the second week, and uh, and then I got a hellacious cold, and it's been a very interesting couple of days since then. I got to fly uh, cross-country sick the other day, and then, yes, last night we were up doing a show at the, this great room, the, the Church of Satire in Hanover, Pennsylvania. Have you ever played this room? No, I haven't, but I've heard of it, and I want to play it, and i got to find somebody to put me in it. Let's talk, because everyone was telling me about it. All these comics have told me what a great space this is. Rhonda, it's this beautiful little town, and, and, and the theater is very small. I kept hearing it was really small. It's only 50 seats, but you got to play it. And I'm like, all right, I'm going on tour this year, so i got to start you know, trying to do as many of the little rooms to work out the stuff for the big rooms. And it's, it's, it's a church. They've, they've set up the seating is in pews. And it seats about 50, 55 people, and it was packed, and just a dynamite crowd with a, a really good lineup for uh, Frank Vignola's uh, Good Karma Comedy Festival. So maybe you, me, and Conniff have to go there sometime and do a show. I'd love that. I'm, I'm ready. I'm All right. ready. All right. I'm, gl- I'm glad you are. Listen, there, there's a lot to, to keep track of. And of course, it's been a very busy couple of days. Wayne LaPierre of the NRA is now liable for $5 million. Uh, Donald Trump's in more trouble with his various judgment, the E. Jean Carroll case, and, and uh, of course, the hush money trial is going to begin on March 25th. I, I really don't know how to begin. Well, I heard that Wayne LaPierre was also found guilty of small penis syndrome. So, well, of course, uh, of course. That's one place to begin. <laughs> I'm telling you, Rhonda, as soon as they create the right penis enlargement technology, we're just, we're just, gun sales are going to plummet in this country. You know, you can defend yourself with five. You don't need 50. It's just, it's going to be bad for the business. But yeah, it, it's, it's delight. Thoughts and prayers, Wayne. Um, you know, we began the show by talking about how Donald Trump is actually underperforming in these primaries. He's only getting, I mean, he got 59% of the vote in South Carolina. Like like if if you're if Joe Biden didn't crack 60% in one of his primaries, the media would never stop talking about it. But Donald Trump only gets 59% and all we hear about is how dominant he was over Nikki Haley. I, I know the media really needs Trump around as long as they can to make this a horse race, but I think it's going to be a situation where as long as there's high turnout, Trump's done. He's he's done, but he's also being very characteristic. I think it was in South Carolina where he just spit all over Lindsey Graham and then Graham came up and kissed the ring. Of course. 
<laughs> and Trump knows that the voters will reward him for that. I mean, Lindsey Graham got booed by the people of his own state in in South Carolina. I de- Lindsey Graham has been so right wing for so long. He impeached Bill Clinton in the 90s, but he told the truth about Donald Trump for about five minutes in 2016. And that's all it took. It's it's sad. I I really I don't know if if these people are want their noses to be brown on purpose or what, John. They 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 all are all bowing of all of to them. this man. I they, mean they, I mean Chris Christie stopped, but you know Lindsey Graham, Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz. These men hate Donald Trump. They hate him, and they would rather see have their children watch them groveling before him, burying their faces in his fleshy nether folds than actually man up and tell the truth about him for five minutes. I mean, they they just can't do it because they feel like if they do, they're going to have, and they're right, they're going to have so many professional opportunities taken away from them, either in media or in Republican politics. Uh, it's it's not a party anymore. It's way past the cult. I I, I don't know. I don't know what what that is, uh, it's, John. It's a cult. It's it's it's, it's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. And uh, and poor uh, America is just like struggling to keep some facsimile of of democracy. You're right. You're right. We have a ton of listeners uh, on hold. Do you want to talk to some of our evil army of the night, Miss Handsome? I want to intensely. We are at 866-997-4748. Jeff from Illinois, thank you so much for your patience on hold. You're on progress with Rhonda. Hello, Jeff. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yes, sir. I just basically want to express my opinion. Please. About the 2024 election. Please. Uh, I just hope the Democrat, Democratic Party... I hope they don't take the 2024 election for granted. I hope so, too. I believe we're going to have a 2016 all over again. I think you're right. With that being said, the Democratic Party needs to have a strategy mainly focusing on the swing states. I think they do. I'm pretty sure they do. And if they don't, I wouldn't put it past Trump to actually try to steal the 2024 election. Any way he can, yeah. In 2016, he was already crying about the election being rigged. Yeah. And he not expecting to win it. And that's the same thing he did in 2020. And that's the same thing that he's probably going to have in his back pocket is planning on still in the 2024 election. I mean, he got impeached twice. We forget both times he was impeached were for trying to steal the 2020 election in two different ways. Once blackmailing a foreign leader and once staging this stupid insurrection to throw out the will of the American people. So, yeah, he's going to try and steal it any way he can, Jeff. And I, I, I think, however... The good thing about all of this media talk about Biden's age is it's guaranteeing the Democratic establishment is not going to take this thing for granted. They can't. They can't lower their guard. Rhonda, right? They can't lower their guard for a day. I mean, Hillary Clinton didn't go to Wisconsin because the polling said they were okay there, and it turned out they weren't. So I I think the Democrats can't lower their guard for a second on this guy. Jeff's exactly right. But Jeff said they've got a good strategy. The the problem is they haven't had really a very good strategy all this time, John. I mean, I I feel like it's almost too little, too late at at, at this point. Yeah, I mean the strategy. All about go ahead. It's all about the electoral votes. It's all about the electoral votes, and they need to flood these swing states with all positive Biden 
information. Yeah, I think so, That's and we'll be hearing a lot of it in the, in the weeks to come. Jeff, thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good one, 866-997-4748. I mean, I think he's right. I think it's actually probably the, the unexpected positive consequence of all these media stories about this old man being old and the other old man being so vigorous is that they're not going to give Joe Biden a chance to, to catch his breath at all. They've got to keep on proving they're ready for it. And I think if it is a tough campaign, it's going to make a lot of people's anxieties about Biden's age go away. Well, I I think they're both old white men. From, from yeah, they are. They're old. And, and uh, it's it, it really <sighs> is. It, I, I don't see how either one of them. Well, the excitement that Trump uh, in, engenders in people is is almost uh, heinous, is almost evil. And the uh, and the lack of incitement that I feel that Biden generates is 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 startling and frightening to me. OK, um, we'll see. You know, he, he was running unopposed, really essentially unopposed, and he got 96 percent of the vote. People didn't have to show up to vote for him. And they did anyway. If, if Biden had only had 59 percent of the Democratic vote. That would be the only story in the world today. Donald Trump gets 59% of the Republican vote, and all we hear is how he dominated Nikki Haley. So <laughs> we know how the media is going to handle this no matter what. Well, they, they, they have their way, John. <laughs> they have their way. <laughs> well, I, I want to I talk to you about something because um, obviously one of the biggest concerns Joe Biden's team needs to start thinking about is the administration's unflinching support for whatever kind of civilian slaughter Benjamin Netanyahu wants to inflict on Palestine. And and this is the part where we say Hamas is evil. Hamas are Nazi bastards. They're awful terrorists. But at this point, 15,000 dead children in Gaza, 30,000 dead civilians paid for in part by our tax dollars. And the beautiful state of Michigan has a very large Muslim population. The mayor of Dearborn is Muslim, and he has said, we are going to send a message to Joe Biden because he's got to do something. And I know by now you've probably heard about what happened yesterday, a, a really fascinating and, and heartbreaking and shocking story. A, a, oh, my goodness. A protester, uh, Aaron Bushnell, who served in the U.S. Air Force, set himself on fire outside the entrance for the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C., the active duty member of the Air Force, and he said, I will no longer be complicit in genocide. He poured fuel on himself. There is a video. I don't recommend watching it, but it's out there if you want to see it. And he burned himself alive, the most physically painful thing that anyone can go through. And he gave his life to convey a message of end this genocide. And as he's engulfed by flames, he is screaming free Palestine. Yes. And he did it in yes. uniform. Yes. And what was crazy was, believe, go ahead, please. Oh, go ahead. No, oh, go ahead, I Rhonda. I couldn't believe that some people said it was performative virtue signaling. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's wild. Yeah, it's a bit a bit more than performative, but... I, I think so. I think so. And, and again, I, you know, I, I, I want Hamas gone too. I, I, Israel deserves a neighbor that recognizes their right to live. But this slaughter helps exactly one Israeli, and it's Netanyahu. And he's doing it to keep himself out of jail. He's so deeply unpopular and he's trying to hang on to his gig. What was interesting was so many of the major news outlets, Rhonda, they had almost the exact same headline for what Aaron Bushnell did. I, I was looking at these headlines. New York Times, a man set himself on fire outside the Israeli embassy in Washington. 
Reuters, U.S. airman sets himself on fire outside Israeli embassy in Washington. CNN, U.S. airman sets himself on fire outside Israeli embassy in Washington. Washington Post, active duty airman sets himself on fire. None of them, none of these headlines mention the word Gaza or genocide, the reason for his protest, or the word Palestine, the last word he ever said. MSNBC covered the story for 45 seconds, and all they said was he was protesting the Israel-Hamas war. I mean, I, I wouldn't mean, even be surprised if mentally ill was thrown in there someplace uh, uh, in in some of those reports, uh, John. Uh, this this was a tremendous act. It was just uh, it's very moving. It's horrifying, horrifying, actually. And uh, and and the thing that gets me is is true that the only person who is is really trying to make something of this is Netanyahu, who had throngs, throngs daily protesting him. And uh, and his determination to keep power is is horrible. It, it is yeah. it is it, I, I don't want to use the word genocide, but uh, it, it's uh, I mean, it's I mean, and again, I have to keep saying it. It takes nothing away from the atrocity Hamas committed on the civilian population of Israel last fall. But well, that's true. But it didn't start October 7th, John. I know and, it didn't start. You know, no, it's been going on before I was born. And I just want to ask some of our friends who are defending this. And I would ask the White House as well, because I'm all set to support Joe Biden. I'm all set to, to make some noise for the man. And the one thing that's holding me back from being vociferous about it is this bloody atrocity that I don't want to be a part of. I mean, I, I think Palestine and Israel both deserve new, better leadership. Palestine deserves freedom and control of their own borders. Israel deserves a neighbor that's going to recognize the right to exist. I don't know how we get there. A two-state solution is the only thing that's going to happen, and neither side wants that now. But, I mean, this is going to continue, and all it's going to take is Joe Biden losing enough people on the left who are turned off by 15,000 dead children. Enough people being turned off to that in seven states? I mean, this is a bigger issue than his age. It is a bigger issue. And for me, as is always, it's my reparations money that's just like being frittered away <laughs> in father. Hey, I, it's, I, my I, it's my student loan debt relief money, not your reparations money. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you, Robin. I, I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you because what they're doing essentially is robbing. I'm trying to think about like it's a crime. They are they are looting the taxpayer, and they're doing it to fund Netanyahu in a cause that doesn't make Israel or America safe. You can slaughter every member of Hamas and all their kids, and all you're going to do is inspire more people to take up arms against you. It doesn't change the structural injustice and inequality of Israel's occupation. And I'm just like. How many dead kids is it going to take? 16,000? 20,000? I mean, will 30,000 dead civilians, 35,000 dead civilians be enough? At what point do we get to call this ethnic cleansing? They told them all to go to Rafah to avoid the bombing, and then they start bombing Rafah. There's, there's, they're just killing people, and they seem to be doing it so they can just turn the entire city into a strip mall. Well, uh, well, a strip mall with, I think there's some uh, resources underneath that land there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there, there are some pretty um, rich, um, what, minerals, oils under there that, uh, that uh, would be uh, a, a great resource for, for, for Israel.
Exactly. I, but I mean, all of it is just, it's, it's a tourism paradise. I mean, you can, they've, they've, they've destroyed the city. You can change that. It should be a tourism destination. Gaza could be a tourist economy. It could be a way to rebuild their society. It's a beautiful beach. The problem is all these people believe that their God tells them they own this part of the earth. <laughs> and, and this is what bothers me, John, in, in an area which uh, not that I'm I'm not big on religion. I'm a lapsed Catholic. So but in an area where you would think that several religions would hold this entire area as sacred and, and respect each other for what it means to 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 their their congregants and and to their their legacy. And it is just a hotbed of, of bloodshed. Yeah. Amen. We got to take a quick break. Will you stay with us? I want to get to some of our callers right when we come back. And we want your yes, thoughts yes. on Israel and Gaza and abortion. And of course, the presidential race and everything happening right now. We're at 866-997-4748. We'll be right back on Progress. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm John saying joined by our friend, the lovely comedian, Miss Rhonda Handsome. And we're taking your calls at 866-997-4748. So I just told Rhonda, I guess we haven't announced it yet. But we can't tomorrow. Um, we're we're going to we're going to we're going to tape. I don't know how this happened, Thea. I mean, they come to me. They come to me with a name and I say, yeah, I'll do it. And somehow it leads to me doing a town hall in front of a live studio audience in this building with Dr. Phil McGraw, yep. who's got a new book out that is uh let's just say a lot more geared to our MAGA friends than I would have expected. We're going to have an interesting time and hopefully we'll have some, uh, some pretty interesting moments. I've never met Phil. I've never worked with him before. You know who I do work with? You know who I trust? You know who has your back? Rhonda Handsome. It's so good to have you with us, Queen. I love being back with you and your Army of the Night. Well, let's go back to the Army of the Night. Greta is calling from Long Beach, California. Greta, thanks for waiting on hold. You're on progress. Hi. First off, um, I'm a first time, long time. Thank you, and thank um, you. But I want to, first off, give Rhonda a hug because she's a blanket of warm energy, and I love her. Tell her. Pass it on. There you oh, go. Oh, you are so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> You're amazing. 
you're amazing, Ms. Handsome. <laughs> oh, I, um, I love I love that John gives me the opportunity to share uh, Monday nights with you. And and thank you. No, thank stop. You. you were one of the first stand-ups to ever be nice to me. I owe you forever, Ms. Hansen. <laughs> okay, so John, has anybody ever told you you look like Michael J. Fox? I get that a lot. I look nothing like him. I mean, nothing like him. He's a very <laughs> handsome guy, but I'm at least two feet higher than him, and I'm not cute. You definitely are taller. Yeah. Okay, so I originally called about the abortion slash IVF thing. Okay. And the, the abortion thing, um, please keep me on track. I might get derailed, okay? Okay. I've been trying to call for a long time. Okay. Um, and I was on hold with Dean for three hours today. Well, and D- D- but, but listen, Dean, Dean, Dean's a monster, Greta. We can, we can talk about this now. He's asleep. <laughs> he's not listening. Dean's a monster. And, and he, will, he, will, he, he's, he won't take care of you like we will. So what's on your mind? He, he's, my, he's my Sicilian brother. Yes. He's um, my anyway, Sicilian brother half the time. Francisco. Go ahead. San Francisco Italian. So anyway, um, the abortion thing. Okay, so they want to make every woman give birth, no matter what. Yes. They don't care. They don't care if you bleed out. They don't care if you die. But listen to this. It, does that go the same way for Hispanic and black women? They don't want more Hispanic and black children who are giving birth at such a higher rate so that mm-hmm. is confusing to me. Yeah. What's confusing and, about it? I mean, what's, 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 I, I mean, what, what's confusing about it? They're, they're punishing poor women with greater poverty based on something they believe is in the Bible that isn't. And it's men no. trying to control women. And, and now it's the Alabama Supreme Court stating that couples can't use IVF. Again, the Bible doesn't support it at all. And these are all people who Nowhere. don't care about the fact that the leading cause of death to actual children are guns. They care about yeah. embryos that could become children, not about actual children. So here's the uh, this, this, here's my other thing is, is I'm a huge Howard Stern listener. He's like right there live in Gotham, you know, Yeah. every day, not necessarily in the studio, but I've been a long time listener and he gets really heated about all of these political things. Yeah. And he tries not to get political because people start sending him hate mail. I know. But and I was, by the way, I respect on, him. I respect him for our it. side. I have listened to Howard Stern since I was a teenager living on Long Island and Same he was here. doing the afternoons on WNBC. I would come mm-hmm. home from school. WN, I'd listen to, I would listen to Stern on my Walkman on the bus. And then he went to K-Rock God. and I listened he, to him on K-Rock, WXRK in New your, York. Your Walkman. Yeah. But the, so anyway, he made a really good comment. He's like, these nut jobs like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert. They should take all of these unwanted children and just put them at Bobert and Marjorie Taylor Greene's steps at yeah. the Capitol. Yeah. And say, so what are you going to do to help these children? Because you didn't help the mothers during um, maternity care and aftercare. Yeah. Uh, but, but again, you know, they don't care about children. They're not Christian. They don't care about what's in the New Testament. They're not pro-life. They, they, they have a very simple idea of Christianity, and it is criminalizing abortion, which has nothing to do with Jesus. And they nope. get to pretend they're virtuous, while in reality, it's a bunch of guys without a uterus telling... I mean, there's 26,000... Ronnie, you know, right now, there, the there's, there's 66,000 women who have been raped and impregnated by rape in the 14 states that have banned abortion since Dobbs. 66,000 women... Because of Donald Trump, who are pregnant against their will by a rapist. 
I think this is the only thing Democrats need to talk about for the next six months. Well, and I wonder how many how many abortions he funded in his lifetime. Because exactly. But no journalist has the guts to ask him. He's filthy. He's absolutely filthy, John. Yeah. And I, I won't keep you too long because otherwise I'm going to get so off track. But um, I just watch. I, I listen to your show every night, but you're three hours ahead for me. So I usually like go to bed and then I play you on, um, you know, like at nine o'clock my time. Right on. Right on. But I'm just a, I'm a I'm a follower. I love you. I just I got back from two. I just got back from two weeks in California, where I do the show from the much more humane hours of six to nine. It's so civilized. I gotta get down there and see that studio. I heard it's beautiful. Our studios in Hollywood are great. Yeah, and unlike now, yeah, there's there's people there. I'm in Long Beach. So it's only twenty minutes away. Yeah, I just took my kid to your aquarium. Greta, thank you so much for yeah, calling. <laughs> so we yeah. were we were nice, right? You can do this more often. Don't be afraid. You call us all the time. We love to hear from you. I will call. Well, I mean, I always veer on the side of everything you say. Is right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll get better. You'll get over that. Thank you so much for the call. 866-997-GRIT. Rhonda, I want to go to Crazy Mike from Michigan. Mike, you're on with Rhonda. Welcome. Hey, I'm I'm white, y'all. <laughs> Rhonda. God bless you. And, uh, I love your very your funny. Work. You do some great work. But hey, uh, uh, John, I just want to mention Nikki Haley, yeah, from Michigan on JR this morning. Mm-hmm. I I called into the station to tell them after you know they didn't take calls until after she was off, but but I told them that was the best. You better save that tape because. That's the best Biden commercial I've ever heard. What did she say that was so good for Biden? It was like she was talking about uh, Trump. And, well, she talked about the immigration bill that was in Congress that the Republicans should have passed. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, what's the other thing? It was uh, there's a couple things she about the, the, the national debt. Yeah. He said seven billion <laughs> trillion was on Trump. Yeah, well, one one quarter of the of the national debt we have generated in two hundred and forty eight years, all of our debt over two hundred and forty eight years, twenty five percent of it came during Donald Trump's four years because he had to give those billionaires a tax cut they didn't need. Right, Rhonda? Yeah, um, I want to find out from Mike. Uh, do you think uh, Nikki Haley has has any future left now? Well, I, I, you know, the thing is, you know, even even if she ran, I think the Trump voters would rebel against her. And uh, I think it would be chaos that way. But uh, yeah. uh, but if know, she stays in the race, might... if she stays in the race and Trump has to drop out for legal or health reasons, she'll be the last person with delegate standing. Yeah, it's uh I, by the way, I think Nikki Haley could beat Joe Biden more easily than Donald Trump could beat Joe Biden. Yeah. But hey, uh, that sister Helen that was on. Yes. Great. Uh, I mean, She's I read a, a little bit on the Internet about her and w- what a great lady. And uh, yeah. When, when is this guy due to die? Wednesday. Wednesday. God. And yeah. I, 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 I did text in the save thing. I did that already. And, okay, uh, thank you. Tell my brothers and sisters about that. But uh, I'm uh, glad you like the interview. You know, Susan Sarandon won an Academy Award for playing Sister Helen in the movie Dead Man Walking. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she played in there? 
Yeah. No, no, she played it. Yeah. yeah, Susan Sarandon played it. No, Sister Helen's not an actual actor. She's too busy doing nun stuff. Mike, <laughs> thank you so much for calling. It's great to hear from you. Thanks for telling me about the Nikki Haley interview. My God, Rhonda, the world's on fire. It, it is, John. And, uh, you know, I, it, it just fits in with my whole conspiracy theory that, you know, we're doomed. I, I really feel like, you know, we need to celebrate every single day. I'm with you, but I, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm like, I, I've always felt in America my whole life, everything's getting worse, but everything's also getting better. There's so, you, you know, show me show me any area where we're getting worse and I'll agree with you, but I'll show you five areas where we're getting better. I, I believe in chaos theory. I think everything's getting better while it's getting worse. And you got to lean into the one that makes you less insane. Well, you do have to lean into what makes you less insane. But I'm telling you, John, I feel like we are going uh, backwards as far as race is concerned. I mean, uh, the, the lynchings that are going on, the increased yeah. uh police activity in black neighborhoods this, and this mm-hmm. whole um dc crime bill where where they where they want to go back to putting people in jail for standing around on the corner again i mean it, it, it's it's unbelievable vagrancy okay. laws in other words yeah. in other words let's lock up you know who whenever we feel like it john those laws were made to uh to suppress black people they you know those things were just created out of the blue you know just like the stop and frisk i i i really feel like we uh we are going backwards we i don't i think it's like 1934 instead of 2024 (laughs) yeah there's times where you know if, if if trump could speak a little german i'd feel like we're at a munich rally let me go to maurice from michigan who's on the line maurice welcome what did you think of donald trump's comments about about uh, black voters love him because he's been indicted too. And that's sad because uh, for him to even think that all black people think like that, it's just a sad situation. Right. Then when I watch some of that and I watch the people laugh to it, that was in the audience. And if they still don't get it, that that man do not care for you or nobody else. Correct. He don't care for poor white people. I I felt like it was crazy when one of his supporters was saying, praising those crazy sneakers that he has. I know. Oh, oh. Thinking, oh, oh, black people are going to love this because they're into sneakers. Exactly. so slow, so oh, mad. Black people, <laughs> black people get indicted a lot. And they love sneakers. That's Donald Trump's pitch to show how not racist he is. My God, Maurice, did we lose Maurice? Are you there? We lost her. Okay, thank you, Maurice, for calling. I mean, do you know any black men who'd wear those ridiculous golden clown shoes? Well, well, maybe at a ballroom. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go to Charles in Miami. Charles, thank you for waiting on hold so long. You're on progress with Rhonda. I know, it felt like forever. I'm so sorry. Thank you so much. No, I'm, I'm very kidding. honored you would call us. I'm kidding. How you doing, John? How Not too bad, right? sir. Hello. Wonderful. I'm just happy to hear you. Know, We're hear happy to hear you. Exactly. Um, the thing is, uh, he was doing that in front of a black conservative. What was this? Um, yeah, it was a black. It was a black conservative organization, and there were some black people there, but there was a lot of video showing a lot of Caucasian faces in that room. Right, but I mean, I think he he sort of did all of that, and um, you know, those guys they sort of egged them on. Yeah, and and just sickening. But this this is way for us to pay him back in November. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, I I I, I called earlier and um, on another show, and I feel like 
when he is walking around saying that he's responsible for, um, you know, um, stopping the, the last or the latest attempt to work um, with Republicans on the border, then that young lady that died in UGA and they're making such a fuss because this was, um, you know, someone who was a foreigner yeah. on our southern border. Mm-hmm. He crossed. I'm not saying that he just crossed over now, but doesn't all of this lay at the feet of Mike Johnson and Donald Trump? You know, as far as I'm concerned, they're the ones that have blood on their hands and anything else that happens in the future because there was a way to at least, I'm not saying to solve the border, but we could have made progress on it. And I just feel like, you know, you can't blame Biden for everything. And he is walking around saying that he stopped, you know, his party from working with the Democrats because he didn't want to give Joe Biden a win. You're right. And, you know, the Democrats weren't pointing that out forcefully. And as far as I'm concerned, this media, you know, with this double standard, they're not going to bring it up because they're in the tank for Donald Trump and the Republicans. You're right. You're right. So what do we do? Well, I mean, you know, Democrats have to point this out that this man has blood on his head. Yeah. Really. I think Every they, yeah. Up about the border, we got to lay it at their feet. You know, they, we, you know, let them know the bill is still there. Mike Johnson has the lingering. And, you know, we got to blame them for everything that happens from this point forward. I hear you, man. Charles, I thank you for the call. I really appreciate it.